0: This is TechCrunch. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participate in McDonald's. Minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. You're listening to TechCrunch Startups. Today's story is brought to you by Deloitte, recognizing that no two companies are alike and neither are the paths to IPO. Deloitte helps emerging growth companies adapt and prepare for uncharted territory with high quality audit services that deliver key insights and help light the way forward deloitte.com slash us slash egc social chat app capture launches to take a shot at less viral success by natasha lomas at first glance launching a new social app may seem as sensible a startup idea as plunging headfirst into shark-infested waters But with even infamous curtain-ripper Facebook now making grand claims about a pivot to privacy, it's clear something is shifting in the commercial shipping channels that contain our digital chatter. Whisper it, feeds are tiring, follows are tedious, attention is expiring. There's also, of course, the damage that personal digital baggage left out in the open can wreak long after the fact of a blown fuse or fleeting snap. Public feeds have become vehicles of self-promotion, Carefully and heavily curated, which, of course, brings its own peer pressures to keep up with friends' luxe exploits and the influencer-gram aesthetic that pretends life looks like a magazine spread. Yet, for a brief time in the gritty early years of social media, there was something akin to spontaneous confessional reality on show online. People do like to share. That's mostly been swapped for the polish of aspirational faking it on apps like Facebook-owned Instagram while genuine friend chatter has moved behind the quasi-closed doors of group messaging apps like Facebook-owned WhatsApp or rival Telegram. If you want to chat more freely online without being defined by your existing social graph, the options are less mainstream-friendly, to say the least. Twitter is genuinely great if you're willing to put in the time and the effort to find interesting strangers, but its user growth problem shows most consumers just aren't willing or able to do that. Telegram groups also require time and effort to track down. Also relevant in interest-based chat, veteran forum Reddit and game chat platform Discord, both pretty popular, though not in a way that really cuts across the mainstream, tending to cater to more niche and or focused interests. Neither is designed for mobile first either. This is why Capture's founders are convinced there's a timely opportunity for a new social app to slot in, one which leverages smartphone sensors and AI smarts to make chatting about anything as easy as pointing a camera to take a shot. They're not new to the social app game either. As we reported last year, two of Capture's founders were part of the team behind the style transfer app Prisma, which racked up tens of millions of downloads over a few viral months of 2016. And with such a bright feather in their cap, a number of investors, led by General Catalyst, were unsurprisingly eager to chip in to Capture's $1 million seed, setting them on the road to today's launch. Point and Chat The main idea behind the app is during the day you've got different experiences, working, watching some TV series, etc. You're sitting in an arena watching some sports or something like that. So we imagine that you should open the app during any type of experience you have during the day, says Capture co-founder and CEO Alexey Morsinkov, fleshing out the overarching vision for the app. It's not for your friends. It's the moment when you should share something or just ask something or discuss something with other people. Like news, for example. I want to discuss news with the people who are relevant, who want to discuss it, and so on and on. So I imagine it's about small groups with the same goal, discussing the same experience, or something like that. It's all about your everyday life. Basically, you can imagine our app as like a real-time forum, he adds. Real-time social things like Reddit. So it's more about live discussion, not postponing something. Chat room recommendations are based on contextual inferences that Capture can glean from the mobile hardware. Namely, where you are, so the app needs access to your location, and even whether you're on the move or lounging around. It also accesses the accelerometer, so it can tell the angle of the phone. The primary sensory input comes from the camera, of course. So, like Snap, it's a camera-first app, opening straight into the rear lens live view. By default, chats in Capture are public, so it also knows what topics users are discussing which in turn further feeds and hones its recommendations for chats, and indeed matching users. Co-founder and CMO Aram Hardy, also formerly at Prisma, gives the example of the free-flowing discussion you can see unrolling in YouTube comments when a movie trailer gets its first release, as the sort of energetic, expressive discussion Capture wants to channel inside its app. It's exploding, he says. People are throwing those comments, discussing it on YouTube, on the web, and that's a real pain because there's no tool where you can simply discuss it with people, maybe with people around you who are just interested in this particular trailer live on a mobile device. That's a real pain. Everything which is happening around the person should be taken into consideration to be suggested in Capture. That's our simple vision, he adds. Everything will mean pop culture, news, local events, and interest-based communities. Though some of the relevant sources of pop and events content aren't yet live in the app, but the plan is to keep bulking out the suggestive mix to expand what can be discovered via chat suggestions. There's also a Discovery tab to surface public chats. Hardy even envisions capture being able to point users to an unfolding accident in their area, which could generate a spontaneous need for locals or passers-by to share information. The aim for the app, which is launching on iOS today, Android will come later, maybe by fall, is to provide an ever-ready, almost no-barrier-to-entry chat channel that offers mobile users no strings attached, socializing, free from the pressures and limits of existing social graphs, friend networks, as well as being a context-savvy aid for content and event discovery, which means helping people dive into relevant discussion communities based on shared interests and or proximity. Of course, location-based chatting is hardly a new idea, and messaging giant Telegram just added a location-based chats feature to its platform. But the team's premise is that mobile users are now looking for smart ways to supplement their social graph, and it's betting on a savvy interface unlocking and rechanneling underserved demand. People are really tired of something really follower-based, argues Moisenkov. All this stuff with a following, liking, and so on. I feel like there's a huge opportunity for all the companies around the world to make something based on real-time communication. It's more like you'll be heard in this chat so you can't miss a thing. And I think that's a powerful shot. We want to create a smaller room for every community in the Internet so you can always join any group and just start talking in a free way. So you never share your real identity or it's under your control. You can share it or not. It's up to you. And I think we need that. It's what we miss during this Facebook age where everybody is real. Imagine that it's like a game. In a game, you're really free. You can express yourself what way you want. I think that's a great idea. The entry threshold for Twitter is enormous, adds Hardy. You can't have an account on Twitter and get famous within a week if you're not an influencer. If you're a simple person who wants to discuss something, it's impossible. But you can just create a chat or enter any chat within Capture and instantly be heard. You can create a chat manually. We have an add button. You can add any chat. It'll be automatically recognized and suggested to other users who are interested in these sort of things. So we want every user to be heard within Capture. How it works. Capture's AI-powered chat room recommendations are designed to work as an onboarding engine for meeting relevant strangers online, using neural networks and machine learning to do the legwork of surfacing relevant people and chats. Here's how the mobile app works. Open the app, point the camera at something you view as a conversational jumping off point, and watch as it processes the data using computer vision technology to figure out what you're looking at and recommend related chats for you to join. For example, you might point the camera around your front room and be suggested to a chat room for interior design trends and ideas or at a pot plant and get gardener's chat, or at your cat and get pet chat or funny pets. Point the camera at yourself and you might see suggestions like meet new friends, hot or not, dating, beautiful people, or be nudged to start a selfie chat, which is where the app will randomly connect you with another capture user for a one-to-one private chat. Chat suggestions are based on an individual user's inferred interests and local context pulled via the phone and also on matching users across the app based on respective usage of the app. At the same time, the user data being gathered is not used to pervasively profile uses, as is the case with ad-supported social networks. Rather, Capture's founders say personal data pulled from the phone, such as location, is only retained for a short time and used to power the next set of recommendations. Capture users are also not required to provide any personal data, beyond creating a nickname, to start chatting. If they want to use Capture's web platform, they can provide an email to link their app and web accounts. But again, that email address doesn't have to include anything linked to their real identity. The key tech we want to develop is a machine learning system that can suggest to you the most relevant stuff and topics for you right now, based on data we have from your phone, continues Moisenkamp. This is like a magical moment. We don't know who you are, but we can suggest something relevant. This is like a smart system because we've got some half-graph of connection between people. It's not like the entire graph, like your friends and family, but it's a graph on what chat you're in, so where you're discussing something. So we know this connection between people based on the chats you're participating in, so we can use this information. Imagine this is somehow sort of a graph. That's a really key part of our system. We know these intersections, we know the queries, and the intersection of queries from different people. And that's the key here. The key machine learning system then wants to match this between people and interests, between people and topics, and so on. On top of that, we've got recognition stuff for images, like six or seven neural networks that are working to recognize the stuff, what you're seeing, how, what position, and so on. We've got some quite slick computer vision filters that can do some magic and do not miss. Basically, we want to perform like Google in terms of query we've got. It's really big system, lots of tabs to suggest relevant chats. Image recognition processing is all done locally on the user's device, so Capture is not accessing any actual image data from the camera view, just mathematical models of what the AI believes it's seen. And again, they claim they don't hold that data for long. Mostly, the real-time stuff comes from machine learning, analyzing the data we have from your phone. Everybody has location. We don't store this location. We never store your data for a long time. We're trying to move into more private world where we do not know who you are, says Moisenkamp. When you log into our app, you just enter the nickname. It's not about your phone number. It's not about your social networks. We sometimes, when you just want to log in from another device, we ask you an email, but that's all. Email and nickname, it's nothing. We don't know nothing about you. About your person, like where you work, who are your friends, and so on and so on. We don't know anything. I think that's the true way for now. That's why gaming is so fast in terms of growing. People just really want to share, really want to log in and sign up in a way that's easy. And there's no real barriers for that. I think that's what we want to explore more. Chat Roulette Having tested Capture's app prior to launch, I can report that the first wave chat suggestions are pretty rudimentary and or random. Plus, its image recognition often misfires. For instance, my cat was identified as, among other things, a dog, hamster, mouse, and even a polar bear, as well as a cat. So clearly the AI's eye isn't flawless, and variable environmental conditions around the user can produce some odd and funny results. The promise from the founders is that recommendations will get better as the app ingests more data and the AI and indeed capture staff performing manual curation of chat suggestions get a better handle on what people are clicking on and therefore wanting to talk with other users about. They also say they're intending to make better linkage leaps in chat suggestions. So, rather than being offered a chat room called Pen, as I was, if you point the capture camera at a Pen, the app might instead nudge you towards more interesting-sounding chats, like office talk or writing room and so on. Equally, if a bunch of users point their capture cameras at the same Pen, the app might, in the future, be smart enough to infer that they all want to join the same chat room and suggest creating a private group chat just for them. On that front, you can imagine members of the same club, say, being able to hop into the same discussion channel, summoning it by scanning a mutual object or design they all own or have access to. And you could also imagine people being delighted by a scanner-based interface linked to custom stuff in their vicinity, as a lower friction entry point versus typing in their directions. Though, to be clear, the app isn't hitting those levels of savvy right now. Internally, we imagine that we're like Google, but without direct query typing, Moisenkopf tells TechCrunch. So basically, you do the query, like scanning the world around you, like you're in some location, like some venue. Imagine all this data is like a query. So then, step by step, we know what people are clicking, then improving the results, and this step by step, month by month. So after three months or four months, we'll be better. So we know what people are clicking, we know what people are discussing, and that's it. It's a uh, tricky stuff, he adds. It's really, really hard. So we need lots of machine learning. We need lots of, like our hands working on this moderating stuff, replacing some stuff, renaming, suggesting different things. But I think that's the way, that's the way for onboarding people. So when people will know that they'll open the app in the arena and they'll receive the right results, the most relevant stuff for this arena, for the concert, for the match, or something like that, it'll be the game. That's what we want to achieve. So every time during the day you open the app, you receive relevant community to join. That's the key. Right now, the founders say they're experimenting with various chat forms and features so they can figure out how people want to use the app and ensure they adapt to meet demand. Hence, for example, the chat roulette-style random selfie chat feature, which does what it says on the tin, connecting you to another random user for a one-to-one chat. If selfie chats do end up getting struck out of the app, I hope they'll find somewhere else to house the cute slide puzzle animation that's displayed as the algorithms crunch data to connect you to a serendipitous interlocutor. They're also not yet decided on whether public chat content in Capture will persist indefinitely, thereby potentially creating ongoing topics-based resources, or be ephemeral by default, with a rolling delete which kicks in after a set time to wipe the chat slate clean. We actually don't know what will be in the next one to three months. We need to figure out, will it be consistent or ephemeral, admits Moisenkov. We need to figure out certain areas, like usage patterns, We should watch how people behave in our app and then decide what will be the feed. Capture does support private group chats as well as public channels, so there's certainly overlap with the messaging platform Telegram, which also supports both. Though one nuance between them is Capture channels let everyone comment, but only admins post versus Telegram channels being a pure one-way broadcast. But it's on interface and user experience where Capture's approach really diverges from the more standard mobile messaging playbook. If you imagine it as a mashup of existing social apps, Capture could be thought of as something like a Snap-style front end atop a Telegram-esque body, yet altogether sleeker, with none of the usual social baggage and clutter. Some of that may creep in, of course, if users demand it, and they do have a reaction-style feature linked up to the ad. With our tool, you can find people not from your graph, says Moisenkoff. That's the key here. So with WhatsApp, it's really hard to invite people not from your graph, or like friends of friends. And that's a really tough question. Where can I find the relevant people whom I can chat about football? So now we add the tool for you in our app to just find these people and invite them to your chat. It's really, really hard not to like your friend's post on Instagram because it's social capital, he adds. You're always liking these posts, and we are not in this space. We do not want to move in this direction of followers, likers, and all this stuff, scrolling and endless communication. Time is changing. My life is changing. My friends and family somehow are changing, because life is changing. We're mobile like your everyday life. The app is suggesting you something relevant for this life now, and you can just find people also doing the same things, studying, discussing the same things. Community building. Why include private chats at all in Capture? Given the main premise and promise of the app is its ability to combine strangers with similar interests in the same virtual spaces, thereby expanding interest communities and helping mobile users escape the bubbles of closed chat groups. On that, Moisenkopf says they envisage communities will still want to be able to create their own closed groups to maintain, quote, a persistent, consistent community. So, Capture has been designed to contain back channels as well as open multiple windows into worlds anyone can join. It's one of opportunities to make this, and I think that we should add it because we don't know exact scenarios right from the launch, he says, of including private conduits alongside public chats. Given the multiple chat channels in the first release, Capture does risk being a bit confusing. And during our interview, the founders joke about having created a maximal viable product rather than the usual MVP. But they say they're also armed to be able to respond quickly to usage patterns, with bits and pieces lined up in the background so they can move quickly to add and remove features based on the usage feedback they get. So, basically, watch this space. All the feature creep and experimentation has delayed their launch a little, though. The app had been slated to arrive in Q4 last year, albeit a later-than-expected launch is hardly an unusual story for a startup. Capture also, of course, suffers from a lack of users for people to chat to at the point of release, a.k.a. the classic network effect problem, which also makes testing it prior to launch pretty tricky. Safe to say it was a very minimalist messaging experience. Not having many users also means Capture's chat suggestions aren't as intelligent and savvy as the founders imply they'll be. So again, the MVP will need some time to mature before it's safe to pass judgment on the underlying idea. It does feel a bit laggy right now, and chat suggestions definitely hit and miss, but it'll be interesting to see how that evolves as if users pile in. Part of their plan is to encourage and nurture movie, TV, entertainment discussion communities specifically, with Hardy arguing, quote, there's no such tool that easily supports that. So in the future, they want Capture users to be notified about new series coming up on Netflix or Disney's latest release. Then as users watch that third-party content, their idea is they'll be encouraged to discuss it live on their mobiles via Capture. But movie content is only partially launched at this stage. So again, that's all just a nice idea at this stage. Testing pre-launch on various celebrity visages also drew a suggestive blank. And Hardy confirmed they've got more pop culture ads planned for the future. Such gaps will likely translate into a slow stickiness rate at first, but when the team's ambition is to support a Google-esque level of content queries, the scale of the routing and pattern-matching task ahead of them is really both massive and unending. To get usage off the ground, they're aiming to break the content recommendation problem down into more bite-sized chunks, starting by seeding links to local events and news sourced from parsing the public internet, and also by focusing on serving specific communities, say around sports, and also linked to particular locations, such as cities, the latter two areas likely informed by in what and where the app gets traction. They've also hired a content manager to help with content recommendations. This person is also in charge of, quote, banning some bad things and all that stuff, as they put it. From the get-go, they're running a filter to ban nudity and don't yet support video uploads and streams to reduce their moderation risk. Clearly, they'll need to be very on it to avoid problem usage mushrooming into view and discouraging positive interactions and community growth within the app. But again, they say they're drawing on their Prisma experience. They also say they want this social app to be more a slow burn on the growth front, having seen the flip side of burnout viral success at Prisma, which soon after flooding the social web with painterly selfies, had to watch as tech giants ruthlessly cloned the style transfer effect, reducing their novelty factor and pushing users to move on to their next selfie lens fix. As data-driven guys, we're mostly looking for some numbers, says Moisenkov when asked where they hope to be with Capture in 12 months' time. So I think achieving something like a 1M or 2M MAU with a good retention and engagement loop by then is our goal. We want to keep this growth under control, so we could release the features step-by-step, more about engagement, not more about viral growth. So our focus is doing something that can keep the engagement loop, that can increase our spend time in the app, increase the usage, and so on, not driving this into the peak and, like, acquiring all the trends. Conclusions are drawn from Prisma, adds Hardy, with investor-winning levels of chutzpah. While it's, of course, super early to talk business model, the question is a valid one given Capture's claims of zero user profiling. Free apps backed by VC will need to monetize the hope for scale and usage at some point. So how does Capture plan to do that? The founders say they envision the app acting as a distribution tool. And for that use case, they're knowing only the timing, location, and subject of chats is plenty enough data to carry out contextual targeting of whatever stuff they can get paid to distribute to their users. They're also toying with models in a Patreon style, such as users being able to donate to content authors who are in turn distributing stuff to them via capture. But again, plans aren't fully formed at this nascent stage. Our focus right now is more like going into partnerships with different companies that have lots of content and lots of events going on, says Hardy. We're also going to ask for permission to get access to music apps like Spotify or Apple Music to be aware of those artists and songs a person is interested in and is listening to. So this will give us an opportunity to suggest relevant new albums, maybe music events, concerts, and so on and so forth. For example, if a brand is coming to your city and we know we have access to Apple Music, we know you're listening to it, we'll suggest a concert. We'll say, hey, maybe you can win a free ticket if we can partner with someone. So, yeah, we're moving into this in the near future, I think. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?